Doug Tyrrell History and Comment is available on Google Podcast. Hello, friends. I'm Doug Tyrrell. This is History and Comment for Monday, December 26, 2022. The Pilgrims come ashore in Plymouth Bay in 1620. Whether it was the 16th or 26th can be argued since there was a shift in the calendar in the 600 years in between. We're familiar with the Boston Tea Party, but in fact, rebellion against the Tea Act had started a couple of months earlier when a group in Philadelphia decided they would not allow British tea to be unloaded. Now, the very heart of the issue was the Crown was forcing a monopoly of British tea at a higher price in the colonies over cheaper Dutch tea. The East India Company needed the American market, and the Crown was helping out their friends that owned the enterprise. The planners at Boston took their cue from Philadelphia and held their part in mid-December when tea ships were in the harbor. The Philadelphia group, known as the Committee for Tarring and Feathering, had posted broadsides around the town, calling out one of the ship captains by name and promising him he would be punished if he attempted to unload his cargo. On this day in 1773, he turned his ship around along with six others and departed Philadelphia. George Washington had passed away earlier in the month of December in 1799, The day after Christmas, he was remembered in a session of Congress. Virginia Congressman Henry Lee III gave the eulogy, where he proclaimed him as, quote, first in war, first in peace, and first in the hearts of his countrymen. Lee was from a prominent Virginia family and had been a lieutenant colonel in the Revolutionary War. Two years later, he will retire from public life. Eight years later, his son Robert Edward Lee will be born. Yes, that Robert E. Lee. When word reached the east coast of Golden, California, it would have been easier had it been in England. At least the trip was easier. In 1848, the first gold seekers arrived on Panama's Atlantic coast en route to San Francisco. They cross over the narrow strip of land and board another ship on the Pacific side to continue. There was no direct shipping routes unless you took the very long trip around the Cape of Horn at the southern tip of South America. Initially, the trip took 200 days, but with the advent of fast clipper ships, the trip was reduced to less than 90 days. The driving time today is 43 hours and 5 if you fly. Our world is so much smaller than it was 170-some years ago. Paper is so much a part of our everyday life that we forget when it was a precious commodity. For decades, it was made with cotton fiber and sometimes linen. Our dollar bills are still made of those fibers. In 1854, the first wood pulp paper is exhibited in Buffalo, New York. The new process produced a lower quality product, but its resources were much more available and inexpensive to make. The downside was wood fiber paper has a higher acid content and was far less stable in the long term. When coffee became the drink of choice in America could be a research subject, but in the early days, ground beans were simply steeped in water. James H. Nason patents an early percolator in 1865. Methods to brew the popular drink have been the subject of many methods and patents. The percolator, while widely popular in much of the 20th century, could potentially produce an overbrewed drink. The idea is to subject the ground beans to the right amount of water at just the right temperature and time. The French couple, Marie and Pierre Curie, announced they had isolated radium in 1898. The couple had been married just three years earlier when the Polish Marie was a student of Pierre. Marie was eight years his younger. 
Babe Ruth is traded from the Boston Red Sox to the New York Yankees in 1919. As a result of World War II and the breakup of the Japanese Empire, Korea, much like Germany, is divided between the U.S. and Russia. The last Soviet troops withdraw from North Korea on this day in 1948. Initially, there was hope that the peninsula could be a single country again. However, the influences of the two opposing ideologies have prevented that. The socialist Kim family have ruled the northern country since 1948, and the present Kim has a rabid fear and hatred of Western free markets. The glorious leader mandates the handful of approved haircuts in the country while spending billions on developing nuclear weapons to prevent an American attack. The propaganda is so heavy that many of the common people almost worship Kim as a protector. Beatlemania comes to America in 1963 when the Fab Four release two songs in the American market. 1980, the Suffolk countryside is awash in talk of UFOs when the first of several sightings appear near the Royal Air Force Base at Woodbridge. You can read more by searching for the Rendlesham Forest Incident. I'm always amused by folks who will go to great lengths to investigate UFOs, space beings, and anything remotely resembling other than human life while at the same time dismissing any discussion of an afterlife or a spirit world in a Judeo-Christian sense. I'm perfectly fine with UFOs, a bit skeptical, but if there is something there, it's from the spirit world and not a thing to be trifled with. Let's use the term compliant and non-compliant spirits. If they are compliant, they are not to be feared. The Bible would call them angels. The non-compliant are a rebellious lot and known to be powerful and can be harmful. Call them demons. Angels will not make themselves known except under order from God. Demons will. China opens the world's longest high-speed rail route 10 years ago. China has a bit of an advantage when building infrastructure. They have massive cash from government-run industries, and they have no environmental resistance. They are also in the realm of banana republics in the number of cars per capita. The U.S. has 890 cars per 1,000 people while China is 90th on the list of countries with 221 per 1,000 people. In plain terms, China with their one-child policy has something like one car for every two families, while an American family of four will have nearly three. The states are sixth on that list, but the other five are tiny countries like Liechtenstein. China is the largest new car market on the planet, but you can bet the only folks selling in that market will be Chicom Partnerships. Give us your technology and drawings, and we'll build them here. Then give you the boot. Contrast this by what can easily be observed at any store here in the States. Just try finding an American-built product in any store, period. We've succumbed to the drug of cheap price to the point that America has lost its ability to manufacture anything. It should scare the pants off of every American that our auto industry is held hostage for the lack of electronic chips that are made in China. Extend that to any industry or product. If you want to know why there are not good jobs here, just walk through that store on the outskirts of town that has killed your main street. I once heard it called Wall Ming. I was alarmed a couple of years ago while on a trip to Mississippi and drove by the Ashley Furniture Factory just south of the town of Ekru. Massive factory, but just to the south of the plant was a huge yard full of sea containers. Now, there are two possibilities. Ashley is shipping a lot of American-made furniture overseas, 
or they are bringing materials and products into the country, completing it, and calling it American-made. You're an adult. You tell me what you think. We talk about the dearth of good jobs here. The fact is, it's cheaper to build almost anything in the Far East and ship it halfway around the world than to have it made here by American workers. Much of this is due to cheap shipping, but China is almost one-eighth of the world's population, and they work for less than 17 cents on the dollar. That $15 minimum folks are demanding here, that's $2.50 in China. Then take away an eight-hour day, OSHA, the EPA, and unions. Then you wonder why there are no jobs in America. Simply, we don't want to pay for products made at our rates and work ethic. What is left is the jobs at both ends of the spectrum that cannot be performed overseas. It's not possible to cook a burger in China and serve it here. The freight transportation sector is booming, but not career jobs. We have nearly decimated the middle, and with it, the middle class. Then there's the border crisis. We looked at two numbers comparing America and China. For fun, let's compare Mexico, El Salvador, and Guatemala. Cars, Mexico, 391 per thousand. Guatemala, 237. El Salvador, a whopping 68 cars per 1,000 people. Income in Mexico is 13.5 cents on the dollar. Guatemala, 7 cents. And El Salvador, 6 cents on the dollar. And you wonder why those folks will risk so much to come here. Or why drug cartels with abundant money rule the place. It's quite simple, folks. That's history and comment for the 26th day of December. I'm Doug Terrell. Now go do something worth remembering.